Distinguished Adventurers, welcome back to another part of this adventure where our companions? I guess I'm gonna keep calling y'all companions until you, you settle on either a name or we get friend being thrown around a lot more. But we're gonna say companions. The have tea gone... timers. <laughs> the tea timers. <laughs> I mean, you are in an absolutely amazing place to get tea, which is the city of Yangjing in Great Xing. You're specifically there looking for some high quality ceramics to be used to make a thing that you need for your spell jammer. And for bunches of oats of reasons, our team has gone to one of the kilns in the kiln district here in the city, looking for not just a specific type of ceramic, but also keeping their ears open for information about a certain person they're looking for. And El Torito, was also looking for a big cup with two handles on it, maybe called a trophy. During some negotiations at the Quan Kiln production house, one of the managers came on out and started speaking to them and then also bring out one of the workers at the kiln, a human woman that even though the two of them were speaking in Dwarvish between some of our companions who speak Dwarvish and some of our companions who are just listening really closely and the one person who have, has tongues cast on them which is always a weird thing to say, but I like saying it anyway. You all overheard that this woman's name is Tai Meng Ji, which sounds a lot like perhaps someone related to the person that Thaviapin is supposed to be talking to. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Distinguished Adventures. I'm Lauren, your humble DM. See, it's actually morning here, even though I said good evening, but I'll, I'm going to stick with it because it's just what I'm used to saying. I've actually got ginger ale. I was going to go for something hot because it is super cold and I was all set to get some nice steaming cup of tea. I've got all this excellent tea. And then I got out of my extra hot shower and I went, I don't want anything warm. So I, I've got a big thing of ginger ale, which makes me happy. And these people that I'm playing with make me happy. And I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves and their character. And we're actually going to start with Jules. Who are you? Who are you playing? And uh, what you drinking? Hi, everybody. My name is Jules. I play the uh, changeling. What is she? She's like a thief slash bard. But really, I think she's more of just like a pure scam artist in many ways. <laughs> Una. And I have also a cold drink. I have lime fizzy water and i also have the privilege of dedicating this episode this morning slash afternoon today's episode tonight i really do want to say tonight's as well it's not nighttime this afternoon's uh after school special is uh dedicated to friend of the show josh blue team phillips actual friend of the show in real mm -hmm. life we love you josh and I think some of us who are going to PAX Unplugged are probably really hoping to see you in a couple weeks. Yeah. This is 100% true. And I, one of those people who I know are going to be at PAX Unplugged, Jonathan, who you playing, what you drinking, and how excited are you to go to PAX? <laughs> this is Jonathan. I play not Jonathan the Match Muscular. That was at a different time. I play El Torito, the Goblin Barbarian. I am drinking water because I'm getting over a 24-hour cold. And I am extremely excited to be at PAX and see all of your lovely faces. Lauren will be there. And if you see one of us, come up, say hi, tell us what you're drinking, then come up and say hi. <laughs> <laughs> sure, there. Awesome. Yes, I'm excited to see everybody. You know who else I'm excited to see at some point? Jack, who are you, who you playing, and what you drinking? 
Good people of the Radiant Citadel, my name's Jack, and I play Thaviapin, the, uh, the Azamar, though you wouldn't know it from looking at him, uh, magician. Today, I am drinking God's Ale. Original plan was to drink some uh, apple cider I got from a nearby orchard. Unfortunately, I tasted it and it went bad. So, uh, rather than, uh, than put myself through, uh, through all of that, drinking, like, semi-fermented, uh, apple cider, which may or may not do good things to my gut biome, we're sticking to water, and, uh, or water, as it's called locally, and, uh, see, I'm bilingual, I can say it both ways. Exactly. Uh, although, speaking of, uh, bilingual, um, I recently got this Lingo Dodo, like, tablet that actually has, it was like, like a kid's, like, guide to the... The English alphabet, but for Malayalam. Ooh. And uh, we got it for the kids to encourage them to learn. But what my wife and I are finding is, because I don't really understand Malayalam that well, and she can't read or write it, but she can speak it fairly fluently, mm. we're kind of enjoying like using it. So it's really kind of a toy for us. That is super cool. I, I have heard that when you're learning a new language as an adult, to just go ahead and like watch kids shows in that language and use the tools that people have made that might be for children but are meant to help when you're learning a new language. So it doesn't doesn't surprise me that like this quote-unquote toy would work real well. And between that and a lifetime of cultural contact with the language, where it's like, on some level, I understand it viscerally, right? But like, because yeah. it's, it's sort of part of my heritage, part of my background, because I've been around people who speak it my entire life, right? But there's a difference between doing that and being able to speak it articulately. There's actually mm. someone on Instagram who grew up in the United States, um, has no links whatsoever to um, to Kerala from his own family. His name is Mr. Christopher, and his Malayalam is already better than mine. Well, you know what? It's not a Malayalam competition. It's okay. That's what he said. <laughs> Your Malayalam is probably way better than my Yiddish, or and especially my Hebrew. So, you know what? We're all trying. But, <laughs> you know, how apt. Last but certainly not least, and the character who currently has tongues and can talk any language... Without a problem. John, who you playing uh, and what you drinking? Uh, hi, I'm, pl- I'm John. I'm playing your Moon Elf Arcana Cleric, uh, Zef Aelin, who's going by he today. Uh, and today I am drinking Clean Claws Backbird. Well, I was, but in our pregame uh, logistics that we talk about, like when we're going to play next, I drank all of it. So I'm not drinking anything because I already drank the thing. <laughs> Yeah, you know, for those of you at home who have your own home games, whether it is a home game or a game like ours that is put out on the internet for others to to enjoy, or maybe you're streaming a game, listen, it's still a D&D game where you're getting together with friends, and so you spend a good chunk of time beforehand chatting, and it's just the way, this is the way. This is the way. Well, the way is also here in Yangjing, as I gave in my little spiel at the beginning. Y'all are standing around in kind of the front area of this kiln production house. I'm going to say at this moment, because we kind of left off right when this conversation was going on, that some of you understand more than others, but all of you have realized who is being spoken to. You all are just kind of standing there perusing wares and listening in as these two people the the dwarf that seems to be a manager of some sort although they're they're covered in clay just like a lot of other people and this human woman who you now know is Tai Mengji are speaking what would you like to do does El Torito remember that this is the person that they're looking for. I don't remember if we went over that last time, but it's very possible that El Torito, in his excitement to get his trophy, may have completely missed that this is who they're looking for. So I will let 
Jonathan decide if El Torito remembers or not. I will say it wouldn't be weird for El Torito to remember because despite the fact that it's been several weeks since we've played, it's been only maybe an hour since you all had breakfast together and spoke specifically about keeping an eye out and an ear out for this person. So, but I'll let you decide. That's true. Okay, I'm still going to do a intelligence check because he is extremely excited right now to get his trophy. Also, we're going to let the dice decide. Remind me who, while you're doing that role, you were specifically talking to the dwarf, Jonathan. El Torito is specifically talking to the dwarf. Right. You had Una come help with negotiating, I think. Right. He was like, as soon as it got into money, he, he did remember that he wanted Una to help him out with his money. I think he's been told the name, but I don't know that he's relayed that yet. However, he did roll a 15 on his investigation check. So even I, I was going to give myself like a 5 DC on that one. It's something he could easily miss, but, you know, well, mm-hmm. probably not. But this this covers a lot of stuff. So as soon as this person is named, he's going to be like, Taiming Shi. Oh. Oh, I believe we are looking for you. And you say that out loud? Yes. Okay. That was going to be my next question was knowing that we sort of had kind of figured out that it sounds like her mom died under really mysterious and maybe violent circumstances. How would she feel if a whole bunch of strangers rocked up like who were clearly powerful, maybe armed, rocked up and said, hey, we're looking for you. But you know what? That ship sailed. So let's roll with it. I was also going to say, like, like that's the other side of this, is that, like, El Torito would just be happy that he remembered, oh, this is this is who we were looking for. Yay! <laughs> oh, uh, my, yes, my friend, I think, has something to tell you. Thumbie up in! Oh, thumbie up in! I love Where it. You go? Bringing up my notes right now to make sure I have the verbiage correct. Let's see. So thumbie up in will sort of gesture, bow gently. As as you are gesturing and uh, get pulled in, the two the conversation that has been going on between Tai Mengji and this dwarf comes to kind of an an abrupt halt as she is startled by this knowledge and then is going to look over at you, Thaviyapan, as you are now called over. If you are the person I think you are, I'm t- I was asked to tell you the time has come to plant in your garden. God damn it! All I can think is the time has come. The war is said. This all, <laughs> God damn it! I'm so sorry, guys. That's just like my brain just. That is a sideline we'll get to, but uh, you say this, and there's a beat, and uh, thought up and give me an insight check. This better not be a cousin or something. Oh, I'm sorry. You're looking for Jai. <laughs> fifteen. With a fifteen, you specifically. Everybody can kind of see that she's kept her face very neutral. But Thaviyapin, since you're the one that has spoken this and made eye contact and are kind of the most keyed in in this moment, you you see the subtle indications that she is being very careful to school her features, but she's clearly excited. Like her eyes widen just a hair you hear her stop breathing and then like have to start again she almost involuntarily leans 
just a millimeter forward towards you. Just these really subtle nonverbal cues that while she is trying to maintain a professional demeanor, whatever this message is has struck her. And in that beat, as she processes this, she looks back at the dwarf that she just a moment ago had been talking with about the thing that El Torito wants to make. And in common, says, Quan, I think I'm going to take my lunch. And Quan kind of gives her a, a confused nod and says, yeah, sure. Oh, uh, abs- absolutely. And you can tell that this dwarf is realizing that something has happened, but doesn't know what it is. And she says, I, I yeah, I, I think I'm going to, you're okay if I take like a longer lunch, right? And he nods. And there's a moment that kind of passes between the two of them that you you can tell he's gauging a few things and says, yeah, you know what? Do you need like the rest of the afternoon off to think about this thing? And she nods and says, yeah, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to take the rest of the rest of the day. I'll, I'll be back later and kind of check in on anything. And he gives her a pat on the arm and says, yeah, absolutely. Take care. Take care looks back at you, all of you and says, I'll get some other people working on this pot idea that you have. And by the time she comes back this evening, I'll have a a more accurate idea of a price and a time. And then kind of just backs away. And I'll continue, Thaviapin, with that 15 insight. You you can very clearly tell this is a manager who has no idea what the heck is going on, but can tell the person that is working for him needs time and is just giving it to her. This is this is someone who's like, this, I don't know what's going on, but this seems important. And if it's if it's something I need to know, I'll learn later. Let me get out of the way. He leaves. The other person that was kind of the barker at the front of this stall uh, has moved off to go talk to someone else. So as she moves towards the four of you to speak with you, you've got not really privacy as much as there's no one immediately around. And she says softly to all of you, where were you told and, and who told you to tell me this? El Torito just points at Thavia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I'll nod to the, the El Torito and say, I was told by a being named the Dawn Incarnate. You are from the Radiant Citadel? Yes. How long ago were you told this? I believe it was only a day or two ago. Not too long. And that's... That's all they said was just plant in my garden? If you are familiar with their kind, sometimes they, don't, they, they give us enough detail. And not more. I was asked to pass a message along, and I did. She nods and looks thoughtful for a second and says, Would you mind all coming with me and having some tea at my house? Not one to turn down an invitation for tea? That would be lovely. Sure. Oh, we really like tea. I am not proficient in the tea. I am more of a coffee person. But uh, but uh, everyone seems to love tea, so I guess yay tea. Yeah. Are we riding on a metaphorical train, or do you actually have a garden? A little bit of both, actually. Let's let's take a walk. And she starts to lead you through the streets of the Kiln District, kind of across the way. And we, we can do the walk and talk as we go, but let me at least describe. Uh, she leads you out of the Kiln District, 
and essentially to the other side of Yangjing. It's a good like 10-15 minute walk as you wind through alleys. You go through that main boulevard that has all of the grand buildings leading up to the palace. While we do that, if we're going through the main boulevard that's touristy, Una would like to walk past some place that has brochures and has maps of the city because there have to be tourist maps of this city. Absolutely, especially in the main boulevard. Once again, it is lined with barkers selling all sorts of stuff to what are obviously tourists. And yeah, you can absolutely get a basic map of Yongjing and the surrounding area of the city. And I'm sorry, what was the other thing? No, she just wants, she wants a map. She's going to just snatch one as they walk by. Yep, absolutely. I was going to say, how detailed is this map? Are we talking like the the Krusty Burger locations of the United States? Or are we talking like a... I feel like it's like, you know, that like when everybody, when you get your subway map of New York, kind of that level of detail. That's my imagining. Uh, yeah. So the map that I just sent you is, is actually the map in the book, uh, Journeys to the Radiant Citadel. Ooh. It is pretty much that. There's a couple of things on this map that are marked that wouldn't be marked on your map. For example, everything that's in the palace is just listed as the Imperial Palace. You don't get all of those details. And some of the things on the side probably have a little less marking detail. And the main avenue in the middle probably has a lot more of the larger font and the more excited, you know, find food, find ceramics, get yourself a new set of pottery, that kind of thing. You can tell that like every best artists, best like best potters list is definitely people who paid to be on it. Yeah. It's a difference between a map from a chamber of commerce as opposed to a map from an actual government body. Exactly, exactly. And so for your reference, the Kiln District is to the east, and you are all making your way west, kind of through the heart of the city, to kind of the southwestern corner where there's a a lot more residents, um, smaller residences, but residents there. And she brings you to a modest home, inst amongst kind of a whole neighborhood of one-story houses that when she brings you inside is, it seems to be like a two-bedroom-ish home, very simple but open and airy house with what looks like some of the modern amenities that you're used to. And before I go on with that, I'll say that as that walk is being made, she does ask, so obviously you know who I am, who who are each of you, if you don't mind me asking? I mean, I guess I should ask if I'm taking you to my home and you seem to know about things going on with my family. So, and she starts with Thaviyapin kind of looking at you. I am Thaviyapin. And she'll nod at you and look to the rest of you for however you want to introduce yourselves. I am Zephalin, uh, a devotee of Sehenenin. She looks at you, Una. Oh, yeah, I'm Una. Um, So we're actually, ironically, here shopping, and then one of the weird things that thinks it's the entire dawn decided that we should reach out to you. I'm going to be up front. We don't actually know a whole bunch about your family. We're doing a favor. Thavyevin, are you, you were told to do this, and you just said yes? Are we getting paid for you to do this? Is... That were there wasn't a lot of clarity there, was there? Favor, you're doing a favor, right? I was asked to do something. I'm doing it. If there's something that can be done for me at some point in the future, I would not say no. I'm 
going to remember that that general life outlook. We should test that later. And she looks at El Torito. El Torito, amateur wrestler, uh, semi-professional head knocker. I don't actually like hurting people, but uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes it's what's uh, it's what's on the table. She gives a polite nod to all of you. Definitely looks. Not confused, but the the makeup of the four of you is definitely interesting enough that it's a you're a motley crew for sure. But she doesn't seem to question it. As you get to her home, she leads you on in and actually leads you straight through the house, through the kitchen to a door that leads to a back porch. And absolutely, you see that in her backyard, there's a, a small, basically, porch set up, table, couple of chairs. You can see that one of them is kind of a, a lounging rocking chair for enjoying the space, which is, or was, a garden. By was, it, it still is a garden. It still has a multitude of flowering plants and other things growing. It was obviously at some point a, a flower garden, essentially. It wasn't a vegetable or, or fruit producing. But it's also obvious that it has not been taken care of. It's a little overgrown. Not just completely left to the weeds, but... It, it's gotten a little out of hand. It's definitely not a very orderly, but you can see here and there some of the flowers and almost a path that used to go around this space, but has also become a little overgrown. She motions for you to have a seat at the outdoor table and says, I'll, I'll go make us some tea. But yes, this is this is my mother's garden. How much, how much did the... Did the Dawn Incarnate tell you anything about my mother or what had happened? Not as such, no. But we were able to glean some things in our short time here. She nods and thinks for a second and says, some of the gossip, probably. Well, we're not able to substantiate what we heard, so likely. We'll tell you what we heard here. I'm sorry. I can't. Look, we have been told that a kiln exploded and someone died. I'm going to assume that was your mom. I'm really sorry if it was your mom or if it was just anybody you know in general. But in particular, that's got to be kind of hard and also feel a little suspicious. She is nodding at everything that you are saying. And you can see that there's sorrow on her face, but it's the the sorrow of it's it's been long enough that it is not an immediate painful hurt. And she says... Absolutely, all of that. It happened about two months ago, and it was a fairly newsworthy deal when it happened, and I have no answers, and the idea that it was brushed off so quickly irks me. One of the reasons that I found it so impactful when you asked me about planting in my garden I was actually on the Radiant Citadel about two or three weeks ago. Uh, at least, at least, at least two ten day. I didn't speak to any of the Dawn Incarnates, though. I, I went to the preserve, but it was 
mostly to enjoy a little bit of time alone. I I went to see some family out on the Radiant Citadel and tell them a little more of any of the news that I had. And then I was enjoying some time just enjoying the preserve. And I did think a lot about this garden, but I didn't speak to any of the incarnates and none of them came to speak to me, but they're definitely respected beings. And if one of them has told you to tell me this, there is something important. And then her face for the first time gets a little bit of excitement. Maybe this is something that you can help with finding out because I've, the investigation essentially said that it was some sort of accident. There were three that were killed, including my mother. The two other very important, very notable artists. And no one knows why. There's no reason why. I, I cannot believe that there was anything that my mother would have done to get the ire of anyone to do something so horrific. And she knew the other two artists. They, they all worked right next to each other. And so when it was just kind of blown off as an accident, but no cause, it doesn't sit right with me. I, I don't want to point fingers that it was not an accident. I just want to know how, why, wh- what actually happened. Can I ask, can, just question. Now, I don't know my compatriots incredibly well, but I'm going to go ahead and assume that they do not make a lot of pottery in their spare time, and Una's going to look around. Oh, yeah. Nope, nope. Zeph <laughs> shakes their head no. As a professional, I know kilns are very hot, and there's often danger of the ceramics themselves can explode inside a kiln. You live in a community of potters. How common is it that a kiln explodes? It's absolutely rare. It's very rare. And then when it happens, first off, our facilities are built to contain those kind of explosions when they do happen. And also when they happen, they are nowhere near the scale of the destruction that happened to what happened to my mother's kiln. At its worst, hurt someone who might be the unfortunate person standing by the entranceway if it was open. But that's about it. This felt more like I've not seen destruction like that before. And there is there is nothing I can think of, nor any of the people here that I know that have worked in pottery can think of that would cause that type of destruction. At the very, very most, a small kiln might need to be rebuilt, the actual place. And if someone was standing nearby, they may suffer some injuries. But this decimated three buildings, small buildings, but still buildings, and the hole that it left, she stops and almost unconsciously looks around. And Una, I'm going to say, since not only did you ask this question, but you're kind of keyed into how much she's talking about and and like whether she's telling the truth or lying or not. It's not that she's being surreptitious intentionally, but it's almost like she feels guilty even saying what she's about to say. And she leans in and says, the explosion and the hole that was left was much bigger than what the official records state. Hmm. So actually, to pause for my compatriots, I'm assembling a list of questions in my head, and I'd be really interested on your input so we can like toss the question asking around. 
in a like non-character mode my thought process is like the things that I want to know that I feel like would help us because I assume we're walking down a we're going to help solve this kind of road is a what actually does cause a kiln to explode it's you, you know what could actually cause it to explode if a kiln explodes rarely what is the usual cause what is the usual cause of this rare thing other things that I think we should ask are things like who investigated this like who was the person in charge of investigating if it was something that was so rare does she think it was hushed up to protect the community and not lose like tourist dollars and then like I think the other really big question is like the who benefits question are all of these prominent potters, have there been other potter pottery houses that have, like, in the absence of her mom and these other two potters, have started to do better business? Or were these pottery houses able to survive the loss of their, like, head potter and they now make guilt business, which is hard, horrible to say, but, like, the rush of community support allows them to, you know, so those are my, my big question is, like, A, if this is so much bigger, what is the, like, what is the usual Kelman explosion look like? What actually causes it? B, if she thinks that no, A, I also think if she thinks no one hated her mom, I, I imagine we could talk her down that line a little bit and ask her if her mom didn't like anybody, because that usually will tell you who doesn't like her mom. And so it's like who her mom didn't actually like, who benefits from this, and who investigated, and where are the records kept? And is there if she wants us to help her solve it, will she pay us in this very fancy ceramic that's going to make our ship fly? El Torito would also add, I think we just have in the cloud of in-game discussion, all of these get asked. That way we don't have to belabor it by saying it also in character. But also the only thing that El Torito would add would be, in addition to, you know, pottery houses that would benefit the other people that were killed, the same questions apply to them. Did mm -hmm. anyone not like them? Did her was the mother a cause? Yeah. Exactly. Like, we ask about these other these other three folks as well, just in case it wasn't, just in case uh, your mother, uh, sadly, was just a, uh, was just an innocent bystander in someone else's fight. Yeah, also, I just, yeah, mostly I just pause, like, we can, like, cut this out of the show. I just, and, like, role-playing is probably more interesting radio. I just didn't want to, like, have a bunch of questions percolating in my head and then be like, oh, I bet they also are probably thinking the same thing. The other thing that I think Thalvion would want to know is what law enforcement looks like in Yangji, and he may know that in character because he's been there before. Okay. I like the idea of kind of these are the, the questions that you all ask as a group so that I can give you some answers in and out of characters. The Distinguished Adventurers are huge fans of Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from our favorite D&D streams, books, and more. Every week there's something new happening in the game, and it's available on almost any platform. Need some loot to gear up your champions? We're happy to offer a free Electrum chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on December 3rd at 8 p.m. Pacific. So open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. S-O-R-D. 
L-I-P-A-W-A-S-T. So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. You ask a bunch of these questions as she actually goes and makes some tea for you and brings out a, a an exquisite tea set, almost to the point where it feels like, oh, you've brought out the really, really, really good china. Like, what are you doing just bringing this out to, you know, us hanging out in the garden? It is some of the classic blue and white. There are two different teapots on the the carrier that she brings out in different patterns. Both of them seem to be either clouds and moons and cloud or clouds and suns. And the teacups themselves are small. El Torito, even for you, it is it, it's a smallish teacup. It's maybe like two mouthfuls of tea at a time. But the cups themselves match the teapots and all of it is whether or not you know much about ceramics, you can tell it's very high quality stuff. She indicates that one of them is a green tea and one of them is a, a black tea and sits down and mulls over your questions and starts to give, basically tell the story of what happened to answer a lot of these questions that you have. And some of the answers that she gives, it's obviously more a personal thing. And some of it feels like, oh, many people have asked me this. And she she's able to kind of answer a little more fluently and easily because they are obviously questions that have come up a lot. This all doing character. So my mother was an independent potter. She owned essentially her own business. She was considered one of the finest teacup artisans in Yangjing. She only worked on commissions. A lot of the potters in that area of the Kiln District, they they don't work for any specific houses except by commission. They are independent and usually very specifically sought after artists. Of the three people that were killed, all of them were independent artisans. I'm not sure exactly how much each of them knew each other beyond being neighbors at their workspace. But I do know the other two people who were killed, Shang Jian was basically sculptures. He worked in small clay figurines. And Wu Hengyang was, I believe, mostly plates. Most of the time when an artisan becomes famous enough to be able to be sought after only for commissions, they specialize. And that, that was what they specialized in. So none of the three specialized in anything directly related more than cups and plates are. I can't speak for the other two, but I, I don't know of any obvious animosity. Once you get to that level of artisan, it's more about personal preference than it is about any kind of competition. The people who are looking to commission one of these artists, they are looking for that person and that style. I do know that there are plenty of other independent artists in that area who work in teacups, who work in plates, who work in sculptures. I don't know of anyone 
unintentionally or not who has benefited from this because anyone who would have petitioned those three people to get something commissioned, they were looking for that specific artist. They're not going to someone else for a different style. They most likely either gave up on what they were trying to commission or just got something else. It is very possible someone was angry at them. This seems like a very extreme way of doing it, but I don't know. I, I can't say for sure. I do know that the actual investigation, once it happened, felt suspiciously fast, especially for the size of the destruction. Within a couple of days, it had been ruled an unfortunate accident and repairs had started to be made. And I don't know for sure. I think your suggestion that it might have been just the government trying to get back to business might have been part of it. It did rock the entire city. And certainly not only were many of the kilns shut down for days, both in mourning and in safety, but obviously tourism here dropped. It was a disruptive event to more than just the family members. So it is very possible that when they couldn't figure out why, they just gave it an accident and got back to normal. Like I said, I know that they left out how big of a hole it was on the official records because when I went to go survey the damage, and she takes a minute and kind of collects herself and then says, when I went to go survey the hole that was left, it went deep enough to see parts of the old city. And Zephalin, you specifically would know the ruins of the old city of Yangjing, that that is because you basically were an archaeologist here for a little while. You know some people. While it is not, we're not talking miles and miles, the old city is fairly deep. So the fact that this hole went deep enough to break into parts of these ruins under the city is pretty notable. What time did the explosion happen? Uh, it happened in the afternoon. I don't remember specifically. So it happened when people, it didn't happen at night. It happened when then people would have been known to be there. Assumably, yes. Unfortunately. I suppose my other question is, I sort of thinking along two lines, guys. I'm sort of thinking along like maybe somebody wanted to get down to the old city and they thought they could blow something up. Like they thought, you know, they might use a sledgehammer when when like a mallet would do and they were blowing something up to get down into the old city and didn't time the bomb correctly. The other thought I have is that like what is the governance structure of the city and like if these are independent artists, like is there a guild that governs most of the potters and if the government is hushing it up like is it not that they have beef with other potters but that like there is some kind of embattlement on on that kind of political level and then the other is like were they did they share did they three share a client and we're looking for pottery that can become magical did the client commission something from each of them and then decided to, like, clean house when they were done. Uh, leave no witnesses, if you will. Those are just my Julia thoughts, by the way. Like, uh, those are just yeah. the, like, these are the three lines of thought that I have so far. If there is a entrance to the old city from the kiln, then that could behoove us to see 
where they were trying to go. I'm, I'm semi-familiar with the old city. I could take a look around. Well, that entranceway has been plugged up, but I actually do know of a different one that you could go take a look. I have a friend, I have a friend who works for the city on some of the official missions to go explore and look for information and relics and things. And I did talk with him a bit after the explosion because of what I saw, but because it's off the record, he was only able to do so much. And I don't necessarily have the skill set to be walking around the old city. It is very dangerous and... Well, I've been there. Uh, Who is your friend? So my friend is Zheng Wen. Oh, Dr. Wen! (laughs) Uh, Actually, Zeph, go ahead and give me a history check real quick. History? Ten! You know what? Even with a ten, you do recognize Dr. Zheng Wen. This is not someone that you specifically have worked with, but you do know of them. And you do know that they're one of the older archaeologists who's worked for Yangjing for decades, who used to be kind of a essentially a dungeon diver going into these ruins to recover artifacts and has essentially just gotten old enough that now they oversee other people going on in. And you've only heard good things about them in your time. I probably worked with somebody who worked with Dr. Wang. 100%. That's, you've never met them directly, but you do recognize It's like them. they're the head of the department and I'm like working with the adjuncts. Uh, a little. They're not the head of the department. You do know that they are. They're essentially in a managerial position. And when Mengji continues to speak, she kind of explains that he is specifically in charge of one of three different official known entrances into the old city. And you all know that the old city is is a colloquial term for any of the ruins under Yangjing, that Yangjing just continues to build on top of itself and build on top of itself, and that these ruins underneath are, a lot of them are old enough that they're, the, the government tries to continually go down and recover knowledge, artifacts, anything that they can, but that because it has been decaying under the earth that it is as dangerous as going into any other deep dungeon dive. And so she will continue and say, oh, yes, so you know, Dr. Wang, he's wonderful. He's been a family friend for years. And yeah, I, I talked with him about my concerns. He also agreed that my what I saw is weird. I am definitely not an expert in any of the archaeological digs that are going on under the city. But the fact that I even saw an entrance because of that hole, it was odd. But like I said, I don't have the abilities. Not only do I not have the abilities, I don't even know what I would look for. Like I said, if something happened, either people wanting to go down there or something happening under the city, I I don't know if I would even know what to find. But if you all think that you would like to go take a look and are prepared for the potential dangers that are down there. I'm more than happy to introduce you to him. Frankly, he may he may like the help. It's sometimes hard to find people with the right skill set to go into the old the old ruins these days. The only other thing that wasn't in the official report that I spoke with him about but he was also confused. The whole area smelled like burnt beef for days. The explanation that I was given is that because of all of the the bone china that was there. 
how much do any of you know about how bone china is made? Given my previous adventures in here, would I know anything about it or history check? If it? you work in archaeology, you would look for reals. If I had to go in this field and instead of taking the hard left turn into the sociocultural and historical aspects, you a hundred percent know about pottery. You know it's a shard, not a shard. Like any decent archaeologist, you would know this because yeah. that's be how you identify things. So that's, yeah, uh, I just wanted to instead of saying I know this, I just wanted to check with Lauren. But yes, yeah. I no, get to I use totally my degree agree. today to give you the there big you fucking stamp of you know this approval. There you go. <laughs> I'm playing Julia, the character. Mm. <laughs> Julia in this moment, much work it d- did not did not work in the porcelain realm of archaeology. <laughs> but I can tell you that bone, literal bone, uh, you can identify it by licking the back of your hand and sticking it on the back of your hand because it's very porous and it will oh, stick. Oh, yeah, yeah, porous. But a lot of other things are very porous and will stick, so that's not like a tried and true method. It's like the, the first level of, is it bowed? And then you got to go down the line. That's like <laughs> the neat trick your professor shows you on your first, like, dig. Yeah, on a piece that they know 100% is it's actual. actually is actual bone and probably also what bone it, it is. Absolutely. You would all have better ideas of how to identify that kind of thing. And so what what she'll explain to all of you and Zeph can kind of fill in some of the details. Bone China is literally made out of bone ash that are mixed in with the ceramic materials. It's one of the things that gives bone China kind of that unique creamy color to it. And in this case, and especially in Yangjing, it's cow bone that's used. There is a fairly large farmstead just outside of the city that raises all sorts of livestock to provide for the city and to sell to other places. And the bones that are taken from the cows once they are slaughtered are often then sold to potters to use for bone ash. So the idea that there would be like this weird burnt cow smell is not necessarily odd, but the fact she'll say this for days, for days afterwards, until they plugged that entire hole and filled it in and started to rebuild, it rank of burnt steak. It was very disconcerting. And there is no way. I know my mother worked in Bone China. I know the other two worked in Bone China quite a bit. There's no way they had between the three of them enough bone ash in their facilities to make that smell happen as long as it did. Just to follow this um, line that you've got, your instincts, I work in import-export, and occasionally steaks, yes, and when those go bad, oof, they go bad. Tallow also tends to smell a lot like beef, but in a different way. But I've never had a bone smell like flesh. And she nods at that. Lauren, is there a check I can do based on having been in the old city if I've ever encountered that smell for prolonged periods of time or if no of a combustible element that would have been used that would have that lingering scent that might have been used as to cause the explosion? Yes, but let me ask first. This is going to sound like a weird question. How long ago was it that Zephalin was last in these tunnels? Uh, I would say probably over a year. Give me a nature check. Soft 20. You know of nothing. Now, you do know that at least one of the entranceways to the old, old tunnels is close enough to some of the stockyards. 
that when you're going on in, eh, you, you smell the cattle because it's impossible not to. But like in the in the milieu of cow, <laughs> you don't know of anything and you can't ever remember smelling any of that in any of the old city. My, in my previous adventures, albeit some time ago, I do not recall the smell, even with the bone china. Uh, and then is there something I can do, uh, like intelligence-based or history-based to like recall if there's any type of like combustional the uh cow shit equivalent of kerosene <laughs> the cow shit equivalent of tallow yeah but yeah. tallow's not gonna explode tallow right yeah there's like what's gonna cause like a combustion of this kiln that'll make it smell like cow shit and but burnt but cow in, shit. in that case literal the smell yeah, would have lingered regardless of if the hole was plugged and manure doesn't smell like flesh so it seems like the smell was coming from the hole. She speaks up and kind of answers a bunch of your questions, and I'll answer a few of your questions. So she confirms that, yes, because of the fact that when the hole was plugged up, the smell went away, she thinks that smell came from the old city. Whether it's related or not, she does not know. Zeph will go on your previous soft 20 to continue your exploration of that. And yeah, there are things that cows produce that are highly combustible, not just their manure. I mean, famously, their methane. Now, it would be weird for a cow to be the direct cause. Is like, there, are you, you about to think... tell us, Lauren, that somebody has been ma- using magic to bottle cow farts and make explosives? I was about to say, I'm about to multi-class in the artificer just so I can make cow fart bombs. That's artificer. <laughs> like, but hold, here's the thing, and this is what I want Sorry, I gotta to... make, I gotta make a note. Hold on, cow fart bombs. <laughs> cow Please fart continue. bombs. Um, magical cow, I, this is, I just want everyone to keep in mind, she didn't say it smelled like manure. She didn't say it smelled yeah. like rot. She said it Flesh. smelled like burnt steak so, so yep the thing Flush. that i keep thinking is vaporized minotaur right minotaurs are the half cow half man things right yes okay that's just jack not thought you've been speaking yeah just this is just sort of like that's the thing that i think of like in terms of i don't know if people live in the old city or who's running around there or why a minotaur would be involved or whatever but that would in theory, at least explain the smell, at least in a way. I mean, I don't know what Minotaur smells like when it's vaporized. Do you think the explosion was not someone trying to get in, but something trying to get out? That's kind of where I was Is just that thinking. Where you okay. guys are heading? What's under the old city? Would Zeph yeah. know enough to Or who, like, more specifically, yeah. Or like like the somebody related to the people who robbed Thubby Uppin? I mean, it's possible. Didn't like, you guys watch that person slip into some weirdo little tunnels and? Uh, it was a market stall. It was a market, but they like went. That was a front. They went underneath something in the market stall, right? It was like a like I thought it was like a a trap door, like hidden entrance. I don't think I don't. I think they just went into a market stall and then disappeared. We don't. Okay. All right. Let me back up a second. I'm going to give you the opportunity to to put some clues together because you're all we're just like right there, right there. <laughs> you're all circling around a bunch of well. And there are some things here that you all know, because once again, it just happened. So yes, the thief that you were tracking, they didn't go directly into a market stall. They went into an alleyway between two markets, two two stalls. You did not see exactly where they go, where they went after that. All you know is that the the tiny little trail of blood ended there and they disappeared. So you don't know exactly where. I would like... I want, I'm going to get a roll from each of you on this. Zeph, I want a history check for some of your knowledge of the old city. Una, I 
I want a role that tells you information about the underworld of specifically Young Jing. Oh, I'll take either an insight or... Or it's not actually a stealth check, but I will let you give me a stealth check as, like, related information to what you, what you do. You know, I literally have better insight than stealth, so that's what we're going with. I mean, it makes sense. You're a people person rogue, right? Like, you're a traitor and... I got charisma, I got persuasion, and I got sleight of hand, but we'll go with insight. Yeah, go with insight. Hold those numbers for a second. Uh, Thuvi Uppen, I want you... Once again, I'm asking you for weird checks just because... Give me an Arcana check for reasons. Yes. And El Torito, give me either a insight check or a survival check. One of the two. Wow, okay. We're going to put all these together and I'm going to tell you what... Some of these are are what some of your characters would know based on these checks. So, Zeph, what did you get? 21 history. 21 history. And Una? I got an eight. I rolled a two. Oh, okay. Um, Thavi Appen? That's a nine, but I rolled a three. <laughs> we are just... All right. Are you, are, is this cumulative, Lauren? I hope this is cumulative. <laughs> my so, my back is starting to hurt. <laughs> So some of this is cumulative and some of this is individual. And I will say there are things that your characters just know that are you're going to get basically. Basically, the check is how much more you know than what I know you know. Uh, that, that made sense. We'll get back to that in a second. El, the more you know, El Torito, what you get. I'd like to know something. I got a six. Yeah, Lauren, I hope uh, I hope this wasn't necessary to to move the plot forward because uh... I feel like it's unfair that we're all sitting here. We're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this has to do with the underworld and blah, 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 blah. And God, I really hope a Minotaur did accidentally explode. That would be nail on the head would be great. I just ate a lot of beans. I'm not the kind of person who if you roll poorly, suddenly, you know, the wrong information. You just don't know as much. Most of my checks are, are that. Let me tell you a bunch of the things that you know for sure. One, nobody lives in the old city. No sentient creatures live in the old city. It is like many underdark type places, many creatures and monsters inhabit, and there is definitely an ecosystem, but there, there's nobody in Yangjing who would on purpose live there. And even if they ended up there, they wouldn't stay very long because it's, it's a dangerous, decrepit place. Um, Zeph also knows that there is weird magic in the old city that you can't teleport in or out, that some places are kind of warped because of the age of this place. So it is not a safe place for anybody to live. Minotaur are not normally a lineage that you find in Yongjing. Hold on, but point of order, would they smell like burnt steak if they exploded? That you don't know, but you do know that Minotaur Roll again, Jack. Themselves... Let's see if you know if Minotaur... Well, just... Let's no, do a Minotaur explosion We need to find a Minotaur and we need to explode him. Oh. Minotaur explosion No. You, you have had the horrible, horrible experience. None of you exactly know that. You don't know exactly what happened with this thief that stole from Thaviapin. Una, you don't know about any of the leaders of kind of the, the thieves' guild here. However, you do know that you have heard of them using underground passages to move around. You don't know if that's specifically parts of the old city. 
and you, your gut is that, yeah, somehow this thief that quote-unquote disappeared because of the fact that Zeph's Tresem can see invisible people, so this isn't that they just went invisible again. That's kind of your gut, is they somehow got into one of these tunnels. It's possible they actually went into a stall and hid, but that's kind of your gut. But you don't know for sure, are these like hidey holes or, hmm. or where they actually connect to. That is what you can all kind of figure out from your collective information about some of the questions you were just asking. And if there are further questions, let me or Tai Mengji know. <laughs> you uh, you mentioned that the that uh, the hole was big enough to where you could see the uh, you could see the old city from from the hole. Was the hole big enough for someone to pass through? Uh, she thinks for a moment. Who's the tallest person in our party? That's Zeph, right? I thought it was Zeph. Yeah, I think it is me. Let me see what my uh, features and traits descriptions. <laughs> Uh, Zeph is a solid six foot. Okay. For a really strange reason, my brain's starting to decide that Zeph is a minotaur, and that's not the case, but sorry, John, you've been replaced by a minotaur. (laughs) Campaign three. Combustible minotaur. Basically, El Torito is like, well, if someone like me could pass through, or maybe someone like him, and points points up to Zeph. She ponders for a second and says, it's definitely big enough that any of you could have dropped into it into the old city it probably would be dangerous and a fall obviously so i wouldn't recommend it if you had but yes someone could have gone through the hole that's how it was even big enough for me to be able to see it because i could see the worked stone which is one of the hallmarks if you are if, if you're under the ground and you see worked stone you're probably in parts of the old city I, I know we had talked about this a little bit for comedy and not necessarily for mechanical benefit. Did we ever codify or solidify that uh, El Torito has a hammer space that's just big enough for his hammer? Or or his... Okay. So right now, as as we've been talking through all this, uh, El Torito does not have his hammer out. Uh, and it, that's weird. He can only put his hammer in there and only for the benefit of not freaking people out. Yeah, there, there's something about the power you have as a barbarian that lets you stash that in a place that you can just summon it. Because I find that really interesting and fun. <laughs> hammer, and hammer space is hammer just space. funny. El Torito kind of thinks on this. It's like, well, I've dropped from higher places. And then he hit brief thousand yard stare and then he's back. When you say that, Mengji does cock her head and you can all see that she's got this urge to ask more questions, but kind of stops herself at, to refocus on the task at hand. And she says, I can't guarantee that the entranceway that I know of that Zheng Wang is in charge of would lead to under the that specific part where the explosion happened. But that entranceway is the closest to the Kiln District. And I know he has talked about there being passageways that head mostly in that direction. So it is very possible you could find something, anything. It is dangerous, though. I I would not ask you to go unless there was something I could do to compensate you in any way. It's one thing to ask (laughs) questions. All our eyes shift to Luna or to Una. Like... Actually, keep that name. Keep that name. We'll use that next time she needs an alias. Luna. She'll be... We'll just have, like, weird variations. It'll always have Una in it, but it'll... Luna. Luna. Yeah. Tuna. Uh, but... Oh, Luma Suna. Luma Suna. 
it is funny that you mentioned compensation because we are actually here to shop. I mean, El Torito needs his cup and we'll, we have a really specific item that we're trying to procure. And you may actually be one of the few people who can make it for us. Well, what do you need if it is in my power to do so? Even if all you do is look into this and get me some information, some answers, I I don't expect to have full closure on this. It's been so long. But any information would be most certainly appreciated. And if I can return the favor, I would be more than happy to. What is the thing called we need, this fury? The ceramics. A special ceramic for the navigation. Her eyes widen a little bit and she says, oh, okay. You're making a navigation orb for a spell jammer. Yes. We're starting a space program. That takes her back just a little bit, but she recenters for a second and says, Government funded and everything. Absolutely. I, I know a, a diviner who can help with the magic. I definitely have enough of the materials that I would need in order to make make that for you. It would take a day or two, but no, I absolutely could do that. It's... It's been a little while since I've made one of those. Those are, I did more when I helped out my mother when she was doing commission work, when she was asked to do things that were not her usual teacups. I would help her. She was trying to teach me how to make the same kind of teacups that she did. And it just, it never felt right. But some of the more esoteric things, frankly, I almost got into sculpture until this happened. But yes, yes, ab- absolutely. If you can wait a day or two, I can I can make this for you. I've got a lot of comp time. On a more serious note about your mom, there is a non-zero chance that this was an accident, just not the kind the city said it was. And that's never... Closure's never what we think it's gonna be. So I don't want... To make a promise that we can't keep, we can do our best. The details we find might not get you any more of an idea of what happened. The details we find might also give you a picture that you really don't want in your head when you think about your mom. All of that is very true. And especially with the time that has passed and the the destruction that happened, I don't hold too much hope for too much closure. Ideally, as much as I have suspicions about the way that it was brushed off as an accident, it's not that it's an accident that bothers me. In fact, in, in, a, in a weird way, that would be a comfort, is to find out for sure that it was an accident, because I don't wish to know that this was an intentional thing on anyone's part, but not knowing how the accident happened, partially so that I, I know what happened, but also so that we can avoid that in the future. If this was something that accidentally happened with my mother or one of her her fellow potters, even though I cannot fathom it, I would want to know so we could avoid it in the future. So I completely understand that you can only find what is there to be found. But if you're willing to do what I cannot and go down there and see if if that's where you think more information is. When you return, the navigational orb, I can make that happen before you leave. Everybody else have enough vacation time to cover this? 
the, the church lets me come and go as I please to, and being able to get a chance to go down to the old city once again would is always a pleasure. I am not uh, scheduled for a match uh, <sighs> for another week, or was it tomorrow? Either way, I, I, this is more important, so I, 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 I'm good to be here. I'm self-employed. Wherever I am, that's where the work is. Well, there we go. Yes, most of his finances are tied up in real estate. She she pauses at that for a moment, and once again, all Call of back. you, without without a roll, without a roll, can definitely see there is. If this wasn't such a weirdly serious circumstance, if this was a different circumstance, she'd have three billion questions for all of you. But once again, <laughs> just, she kind just of just so that it it just so we can codify it, and uh, and just because conflict is interesting, El Torito absolutely has a match tomorrow that he forgot about. This is good. I like this. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Jonathan, I will be sending you an email later. Okay. So she says, I can get working on this right away. Was there anything else you needed from me or should I introduce you to, are you looking to go into the old city Right now, do you need time to prepare? Do you need anything else? Because I can bring you straight to my friend right now. He, he's there most business days. Um, Zeth, do we need time to prepare? I'm actually, let me take a look here. I did pray to <laughs> yes. Sahenanin. Zeth, how prepared are you? I, I did pray to Sahenanin last night about the chance that I might have a ch- to go to the old city. Uh, and so... She blessed me with a smattering of spells that are both useful for investigating and protecting. So I think that I am mostly ready. The only spell I used today was my tongues. We really have to rename that spell. (laughs) Some of these these spells, you just got to give in. I will say, Zeph, the other thing that you know is that prep to go into the old city involves ideally a map. Because once again, there's no teleportation in or out. And also, Zeph, you would know that if this entranceway into the old city is one that has been being used for a while, there is probably already a rudimentary map. Right. I figured Dr. Wang would have that kind of stuff, like, because we need their permission to go down in, like... You need their permission for sure. And so I figured that's the preparation I would get, like, for the mapping and stuff like that. And then light sources, we've got torches and magical means. Yep, light sources. And then... You would also know that ideally you do not stay long enough to need to camp down there, but that it is important to bring enough supplies in case you do, because in case you get stuck, in case you get turned around, in case you end up going deeper than you can safely get back within a day. So having at least a day or two's worth of supplies and the ability to make camp safely is is a requirement. But otherwise it's just have the wherewithal and the skills and the bravado to go into the old city. And you can relay that to everyone. Yeah, other than just like our normal, aside from what we normally carry as uh, going on this exploration, the only thing we have to do is talk to Dr. Wang and get the map from them and their permission. And then I'm ready to go. Are you prepared, Thaviopin? Thaviopin sort of fingers through the uh, the program that's actually his spell book. He scrolls through his like... An extra day would be nice, but if uh, if there is an urgency to go right away, I can manage. I really love that you carry around a playbill. Well, let's talk to Dr. Wang to get our permission, and then if it, any information they glean to share with us might help make your decision, Thaviopin. Yeah, we want, to, we want everyone at 100%. I, I myself am also prepared, and all of a sudden, El Torito's dwarven warhammer is in his hands. Mengji 
startles at your hammer and then for the first time since you've met her gives a genuine delighted grin just like an unfiltered grin and says i don't believe in fate but sometimes i do believe that the the dawn incarnates know more than they're letting on let me introduce you to to my friend and you finish your tea and unless there's anything else you want to do here in the garden she will take you on another walk through the city Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, then visit us at distinguishedadventurers.com. There you can find links to our podcast and social media, pictures and bios of our cast, info on our Patreon, and much more. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our Patreon patrons, and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Jesse Florence, Forrest, a.k.a. StabbyQuest, Nate Zakari, Rebecca, a.k.a. Bunny Monster, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.